Live from the McRobertson Girls High School in Melbourne, Australia. You're listening to Be Like Her Live on McRob Live. My name is Ananya and my co-hosts today are Chloe, Ayana and Hannah. Our special guest today is policymaker, lawyer and Miss Universe Australia 2019, Priya Sorrell. Hi Priya, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for having me. So first of all, we wanted to just ask, um, for those unfamiliar, could you give us a brief overview on what you currently do as a job as a policymaker? Sure. So I currently work at the Department of Premier and Cabinet here in Melbourne um, as a policymaker. It's, um, it's a pretty broad role, so I work uh on kind of social policy issues health policy issues of course over the last couple of years but also kind of economic policy issues um i'm I'm in a pretty unique team that like we work across the entire government so it's not that we're specifically health focused or specifically kind of trade focused it's it's kind of a broad range of issues um and when problems pop up um we're, we're kind of sent in to kind of address them and we work at like um two to three month sprints, kind of address whatever issues there are and then hop out and hop back in again somewhere else. So it's uh, kind of like an internal consultancy uh, model. Yeah, so have there been like any policies that you're really proud of their impact and what they've done with uh, Victoria's government? Yeah, of course. I think probably the role that I'm most proud of is um, probably the most depressing time in Victoria, which was like the COVID lockdown situation. Um, but I remember there was a period of time for about maybe two months, I think when we were first coming out of our lockdown uh, kind of status, where I was in the directions policy team and the work that I was doing would end up being kind of what the Premier would announce, you know, at the end of the day, or like you'd see the stuff on, um, at the end of the week, you'd see the directions on the Victorian Health Department website. So all of Victoria was, had to kind of follow those directions and they'd be kind of negotiated heavily with um, like the legal team and the public health team and, the, you know, the other policy policy people from across Victoria. Um, so um, I know it was kind of a depressing time for everybody, but um, also kind of exciting in terms of like the work that you got to do and seeing impact like every day, every week. Um, well, through your like amazing work that we're hearing so far as being a policymaker, what do you think is the most enjoyable part about doing what you do? Uh, the most enjoyable part... See, I think I've changed quite a bit because I think when I first started, and I think it's it's probably true of um, you guys as well, I, and particularly kind of with that McRob mentality, it's like um, I think I value like prestige and like, you know, pay, um, although your pay is important, to be yeah. honest, uh, and prestige is important as well, like to a certain extent, because, you know, when there is prestige, you can kind of leverage that to go for another job, right? That, that can pay well and that you've got more responsibilities for. But I think, you know, over time, I think I've realised the jobs that I've really, really enjoyed working on are more to do with the people that I work with. Like the people make it such a cliche, but it's so true because you're spending like at least 40 hours a week with these people. And if they're 
awesome, smart people, but also generous, caring people that care about you as a whole person, not just like transactional, what you've got to offer them. It just makes the job so much, so much, so much better. Nice. Okay. Um, and what subjects would you recommend to someone who is interested in this sort of field of work, like to study? Oh, uh, I don't, subjects, like you, like your 11 and 12 subjects. Yeah. I don't know. It's pretty, honestly, you can do whatever. If I would just go do subjects that you're um, interested in and you're good at, to be honest. Like, I don't think there is, you don't have to do, there's no prerequisites. Um, they have a grad program here where you can get in regardless of your background. We've got people that have been in the workforce doing all kinds of different things, physios, pharmacists, like health science backgrounds that come in. They're like, oh, I want to see change and then they join. So there's no prerequisites per se. Um, but yeah, if, I mean, I would just do whatever I think I really enjoyed. If I if I had my time back, I would totally do more kind of like arty subjects. Yeah. But like my parents were just like, no, you got to do, you got to do like chemistry, methods, yeah. you know, regrets, regrets. But hey, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, building off that a little bit, like in regards to like your education and stuff, um, as someone who's also interested in um, pursuing like global studies and law, um, what's what have you found to be in the most um, rewarding part of like your tertiary education? Most rewarding part of my tertiary education? Um, oh, I think for me, it's a couple of different things, right? So the first part of it, obviously, are like the nerdy conversations in class yeah um i wish you could, i wish you didn't get examined or assessed i just like yeah. being you know uh, and i found that when i was in macrob i found it um in literature like that was my favorite subject mm-hmm. i loved i love my those classes because you just got to sit for an hour and just like critically analyze a piece of text or like a movie and you're just going into like psychoanalysis mode and you yeah. just, you know, I love, and same thing with law, same thing again, by, by far my favorite subject in undergrad was philosophy. Love, 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 just like sitting in a room and you're like, you know, talking about this and talking about this theory and um, kind of, and somehow it's applicable to your life, even though these, you know, philosophers lived like thousands and thousands of years ago. I love that like practical application uh, and that critical analysis, I guess. Yeah. Um, so regardless of what degree you pursue, it'll, it'll be there in your classes. But yeah. philosophy, I, I would I would definitely recommend, even if it's like a like a you know spare subject you have. Mm-hmm. Uh, philosophy was so good. Uh, yeah. So we also like uh, found out that you went to Canada for a semester, and we were really mm-hmm. interested about how those international prospects sort of influenced how you chose your career. Was that really important to you? <laughs> Uh, again, yes, uh, um, it was, but as you can imagine, like I graduated Macrob in 2010, it's now 2023, um, you know, people evolved a lot, of, a lot, a lot, particularly, I think, um, cause I, I feel like at Macrob, like we're all, we've got very similar values. Yeah. We've got similar priorities We're we're kind of the same person, but just like yeah. different thoughts, you know, like just really, uh, but then when I got into university, I purposely chose global studies because it had the compulsory exchange semester mm-hmm, yeah. and my parents would have not allowed me to get just yeah. like, cause a like, classic like migrant story, right? Like yeah, yeah. Um, super, super conservative, like super risk averse. 
So, um, and I kind of had to like really fight with them and say, hey, no, this is a compulsory part of my degree and I actually have to go. And I worked at Buddings for hours and hours to collect as much money as I could yeah. Um, yeah. to go spend $6,000. But I think I was always, I mean, I've grown up in a few different countries, mm-hmm. like before coming to Australia in 2003. And I think that's always been a part of my like um, interest. I mm-hmm. always wanted to kind of work overseas or have that kind of international focus. Um, and, I, and then I got that in my career and now I'm like, okay, I want something else. You know, yeah. you keep changing. It's, it's, it's like a, it's not like a steady forever goal post. Mm, yeah. yeah. I think like definitely, I think like your international kind of experiences and like, um, especially like your multiculturalism, because we found you moved here to Australia when you were 10, I think. So mm. um, has it like, as you've grown older or even like coming to McRob, at least now it is like really culturally diverse. Do you find that it's easier to balance your multiculturalism and kind of have the best of both worlds, you know? Have the best of both worlds in what sense? Um, I think okay, for like me personally, I think sometimes growing mm. up, it's always been difficult to sort of balance my like Indian heritage and also um, I guess, um, be part of like the school communities that I've been part of. So do you yeah. think like as you've gotten older, you've been able to, um, I guess, respect and value both in like an equal sense or in in a not equal sense, if that's something that is like um, important to you, I guess? Um, I think Macrob was a pretty, like I know different people have different experiences of Macrob. Uh, you know, when I, even when I was, um, at school, I know there were some people that were just like, oh, I want to go back. I had a really good sort of, you know, friendship group, et cetera. I had a really good experience because for the first time, like all my friendship group, I think we had one white person or two. <laughs> yeah. white yeah. um, which was so rare yeah. because the school that I went to previously, I had, I struggled. I think I was one of maybe three um, yeah. non-white people mm. like in that level right yeah. Yeah. that makes a difference oh, obviously he, now in 2023 it's different like mm. it's it, where Melbourne is is quite a bit different than what it used to be you know 15 years ago oh my goodness that's so long, <laughs> <laughs> that so long. Um, but it does make you feel like oh my goodness um, you know uh, and I think it also it's different because growing up here and coming here as a migrant also um, makes things a little bit different mm-hmm. difficult yeah. and different because there is an issue with assimilation and like yeah. the yeah. accent and like yeah. celebrities you have no idea who celebrities are because you've grown up watching volleyball movies right yeah so um i think that was definitely a challenge but i think my rod really helped in like for the first time i felt like oh I am, I belong, we can share stories about similar upbringings, we eat the same food, yeah. um, like, it's like you're not embarrassed about bringing your lunch in, and of course, like, now, everywhere you go, at least in Melbourne, like, it's so, so multicultural that yeah. it's not even a question. Yeah. Um, it's definitely, yeah, I can go into it a little bit more, but yeah. I think maybe I'll wrap, wrap up there. Yeah, yeah, but we, like, totally agree, and it's really important to us that McRob is so culturally diverse, and we wanted to sort of just see your thoughts how would you encourage students like us to celebrate our cultural heritage? I think it's always a tough thing to do because, uh, like, what is your cultural heritage, right? Not not getting too philosophical about it, but, you know, um, for me as well, growing up, I'm like, am I, I'm not fully Indian because I didn't spend all my time there, but I spent a bit of time in the Middle East. So I'm like, mm. is that what I call home? But hang on, I feel so Australian. Like, mm. I'm, you know, like, what is my like ethnic cultural 
heritage. What do I, what do I, I don't really know what that means. And I think um, in terms of like celebrating culture, it's going to look different for different people. Like for me, it's about talking to my parents about how they've grown up and like making the connections about how it impacts me and how I define myself um, and noting that my Indianness or my Australianness mm-hmm. is different to what they yeah. see. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah. So I think yeah. it's just about like having those conversations yeah. and like just being aware, even thinking about mm-hmm. it, even asking about questions about it, I think you're already engaging in that celebration without even knowing exactly yeah, yeah. what yeah. you're necessarily, right? Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Um, so if you're just tuning in, you're listening to Be Like Her Live on McRub Live, live from the McRobertson Girls High School in Melbourne, Australia. My name's Ananya and my co-hosts today are Chloe and, and Ayana and Hannah, and we're here today with Priya. Um, yeah. yeah, so I just wanted to touch on, I think... Um, all of us have different um, heritage points. I come from my family's Indian. I migrated to Australia when I was really young. So I also understand that kind of point of not really um, like just understanding where do you belong? Where do you fit in? What works for you? And I just kind of want to diverge a bit side off topic and just ask you like, what's your favorite Bollywood movie and what's your favorite Indian food? <laughs> yes, okay. So. My theory is that after about 20, 2005, Bollywood just yes. producing it. It went yeah. down. It did. All the bad movies just it started. Went, it it so went bad, yeah. so bad. Yeah. But my classics, I know I was obsessed with Om Shanti Om. <gasps> yes. first, and I was obsessed with it. I still am obsessed yeah. with yeah. So following one of my favorites, but honestly, all the classics, mm-hmm. um, the Kuch Kuch Hota Hez, I watched Kami Kami with my parents on the weekend, um, and like love, like Kuru's character, like mm-hmm. it's um, like aspirational, I'm still aspiring to be yeah. here when I grow up. Um, and in terms of my favorite food, um, I love a good uh, kulfi ice cream. Oh, yes. I know it's a bit kind of like a bit strange, but I, I quite like kulfi and I like the sweets. I like gulab jamuns. I like jalebis. Yes. I like moti chur ladoos, like the oh, orange yeah, ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, yeah. So those are probably, probably my favorite. So good. Yeah. So you mentioned that you spend these like these moments with your family, and I think that's really sweet and special because you've always have something to connect on. And these movies just tend to be something that like you can argue about, you can discuss about. I mean, I know me, and my sister, keep arguing whether um Kavi Kushi Kavi Kum was all of that slow motion stuff was disastrous <laughs> or not. Um, but I just wanted to um ask you. Um, in an article with like Pop Sugar, you've stated that your mum is like someone who inspires you to dream big, to take risks and to fail often. Is there a particular event in your life where something t- took place and your mum taught you something that just stuck with you today? Um, yeah, a particular event... Honestly, I, I probably can't talk about a particular event because there's so many that I don't want to like necessarily highlight one or two. It's almost like the way she's kind of the principles that she's kind of brought me up with. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I've you know moved out of home and I'm like living my life, etc. But I automatically it's so ingrained that I can hear her voice when mm-hmm. I'm making decisions. Yeah, you know what I mean at the back of my mind mm-hmm. and like. Her, her values are now like in my head they're my values right like it's that kind of stuff so it's 
when I say shaped me, I really do mean like, yeah. also, I feel like people don't, maybe people don't realize it, but you are shaped by people that you value and respect, mm-hmm. even if you don't necessarily want to. And when you are living with them, like, I know when I was at school, I'm like, oh, you know, stop being so pushy. I'll do, I'll do drama if I want to do drama. But like, I think you appreciate them. At least I appreciate her so much more. And I can like appreciate the kind of values, like, you know, excellence and like consistency and like, um, like the kind of resilience and the perseverance, um, which looks different in different contexts, but like those type of like values that she's really kind of talked about, but also modeled for me, which I've really been able to, well, I think, I hope I've been able to kind of carry forward. Um, I hope that answers your question. Yeah. 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 So has your mom been like really, um, well, it can be uh, assumed that your mom has been really supportive, but how does that kind of reflect on the um, motivation and what you do, especially mm. when you were um, competing for Miss Australia? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, no, good, good question. So, um, so both my parents are quite supportive and mum uh, especially is quite supportive. Uh, but again, I think, I don't know whether this is a common trait among migrant parents, but they're also quite risk averse. So um, <laughs> um, I've had to really be relatively strong-minded about like the things that I want to try and pursue. Um, and so I remember when I was first kind of uh, applying and kind of enter- and I got through, I think the first stage, I mentioned it to them, um, dad just kind of like rolled his eyes slash, you know, didn't really, I, I just think that he didn't really take it very seriously. Um, and mum was just like, yeah, you've got nothing to lose. Uh, if, you know, it wasn't like full support, support. It was yeah. more just like, yeah. Um, and I don't think either of them really thought anything. And neither did I, if I'm being completely honest. Um, but yeah, even, despite their support, I think there are, there are definitely lines, right? Like, because they are risk averse and they're, they're not familiar with um, the kind of, uh, like, what I'm entering myself into. Um, but I think at the end, I think towards the end, they got, uh, they were a bit shocked and they were a bit taken aback um, and kind of overwhelmed. But I think they got around to it. Let's just, let's just put it that way. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so you've like talked about how, um, like your parents' reaction, your parents' support through your Miss Australia campaign and how about how you had like nothing to lose and it was, um, as I believe, um, Grit stated like in, in your interview that it was something that you just found that you can do after I think it was January 2019, um, and obviously, um, going doing Miss Australia, any of these pageants would be a surreal experience in general. How has p- participating in it, and let alone like winning it, how has it changed your outlook in life? Yeah. Mm. Um, so I've always had this, like, again, one of those principles that you live your life by. Um, and it, 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 there are some that come from my mum, there are some that come from other sources in my life, but I've always been kind of like, if it's something I'm curious about and if it's something that I, I I can think, I can predict if I'm on my deathbed when I'm 85, hopefully 105, um, and looking back on my life, it, is it something that I will regret? And if it's something that I will regret not doing or, or you know, or doing, I will, I will, I'll go ahead and kind of make my decisions based on that. And this was, this was something I entered into because of that. Cause I'm just like, I just, I'm so curious. I don't have any influencer mates. I don't have any friends that are even, anywhere close to the creative industry 
because yeah. of course a lot of my friends are from high school and we all enter a very <laughs> traditional profession yeah. um not a lot of us deviated but some of us did i think there's one or two of us that did deviate a little bit but for, for, the, for the most mm. part my huge my major friendship group is still from a crop like we're about there were about 13 of us um and we're still so close we meet mm-hmm. often i went traveling to indonesia with them that's that's another, another story yeah but um yeah um and so I entered with that kind of mindset of just kind of seeing, okay, let me just be almost like an explorer, like, mm-hmm. um, and see how how these people kind of live their lives, how these things are done, how do these like? It was just purely out of curiosity, mm-hmm. um, and I think my my perception around that world has changed quite a lot. Um, kind of when you get to meet with people, when you get to speak with them, you, you know if you've got no contact with with the industry or the sector you have certain you know impressions about what takes place and certain, certain assumptions about and certain stereotypes about what happens which honestly some of them are true um but a lot of them there's a lot of gray it's not always like it's almost never black and white right like it's so much gray um and i think i've come to appreciate that a lot more it's given me a lot of like I think confidence as well in my ability to like, A, speak in public forums, which I just, uh, I did not have. I don't think I still have too much confidence, but like it really kind of chucked me in the deep end. So it's like sink or swim. Yeah. Um, I got to meet a whole bunch of, particularly when I went, when I, when I went to Atlanta for like the international competition, yeah. I remember like I met, um, Miss Ireland who was like a astronaut in training and she worked for NASA at that point mm-hmm. as well. Wow. I so met cool. like a bunch of other people. Yeah. Uh, you know, they were lawyers and I'm like, okay, these women like highly accomplished. Of course, as a Macrobian, you kind of like in awe of other kind of women mm-hmm. who are also yeah. highly accomplished yeah, in their field. Um, and you have these like really great conversations about their motivations and their drive, right? Like yeah. about why would you, you know, why would we in this modern era enter pageantry, et cetera, some really kind of philosophical conversations about what it means. I remember Miss Indonesia and I having a conversation about it as well, being like, okay, for her, it means like a, actually an entry uh, into politics. Mm. Um, and she found that um, the organization in Indonesia works quite closely with some of the, her, like the political representatives and like, yeah. she found a uh, useful way to make that connection. I'm like, that's an interesting story, which I hadn't presumed before meeting yeah. her. So I think there were a lot of those kind of conversations and discussions happening. So in, in, in sorry, this has taken a long time to answer. <laughs> but long story short, long story short, I think it's just made me less um, judgmental. And yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. yeah, less prone to, less influenced by stereotypes. Definitely. Yeah. yeah, I think that's like really inspirational. I think even just like in those like short, like the way you've explained it is I think it's opened my eyes like to how I guess how just like entering a beauty pageant can branch out into like so many different avenues of influence and like how I guess that shapes people and their decisions to you know enter those competitions yeah. like anything it's like it's like what you make it yeah it, yeah it, 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 it's a pageant or it, it's it's a, it's a profession or it's a choice and it is what you make it and you have so much agency to shape right like which i think yeah we might tend to forget yeah yeah no definitely um yeah i had like this final question it's a bit off topic but have you ever watched miss congeniality yeah Yeah. was there anything like miss australia (laughs) uh see again i told you there are stereotypes 
But that's not true. So yeah, they're all parts of it. And the camaraderie, though, I find in the, mm. the camaraderie in West Congeniality, there was a lot of that. There was a lot of like sharing stuff and like complimenting each other and like doing each other's like hair and helping. Because I was always clueless about makeup and eye- eyeshadow. I never knew how to like do my eyeshadow. Yeah. And I learned through mm-hmm. other people like they were constantly helping me out. So. 100%. Definitely a grain of truth. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> this is a bit off topic, but um, I noticed on your Instagram page, you talk often about like issues regarding feminism and equality for all women. Um, mm. What do you think schools could be doing better to like instill this in our younger generations? Um, I spend quite a bit of time on TikTok and yeah. I think the younger generation is so clued on, it's ridiculous. Like, it's <laughs> actually so, so impressive. And I learn. I learn from, like, random American 15-year-olds <laughs> or, like, whatever, 18-year-olds who have probably too young to be in the app, I'm not sure. <laughs> but that are, like, going into this, like, really complicated analysis of, you know, a movie, a pop culture mm-hmm. reference. Yeah, or, like, yeah. there is so much great stuff that exists on social media now that yeah. did not exist previously honestly i don't i know schools can do lots of things to kind of support the conversation um i think the stuff around like the policies around the free kind of uh uh what is it pads and tampons in schools that's you know awesome of course why didn't we think of that before um but in terms of like education i honestly i think young people are their own resource yeah. we're all yeah. like we I, I, I can't count myself out but like <laughs> you guys are already doing it like it's all over social media and mm-hmm. it, information is so easily accessible so you don't have to rely on traditional institutions to give you that anymore yeah, right yeah. you don't have to wait for permission you can go out and do it yourself and it is already happening so yeah yeah, yeah kudos to you thank you. <laughs> um thank you so much priya for like all of your insight and all of your knowledge that you've actually showered with us today we really appreciate it um that's all we have time for today yeah um so thank you again um for letting us interview you and it's really been like a great pleasure talking to you really appreciate it Right, thank you for having me. Thank yeah. you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so this is live from the McRobertson Girls High School in Melbourne, Australia. You have been listening to Be Like Her Live on McRob Live. My name is Ananya and my co-hosts today were Chloe, Ayana and Hannah. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you have found the information today useful. And until next time, have a great day. Uh, hey, I just do what I do.